0: Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. The trade deadline happened on Thursday, and let's recap all the trades that happened. All of these reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. The Pistons traded DeLon Wright to the Kings for Corey Joseph and two second-round picks. The Nuggets traded for Javale McGee. They sent Isaiah Hartenstein and two second-round picks to Cleveland in exchange for him. The Magic sent Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu to Chicago for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, and two first-round picks. Now Chicago has Levine and Vucevic and can make a legit run at the playoffs. Aaron Gordon is going to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets in return send Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. The Celtics acquired Evan Fournier for two second-round picks. They got Evan Fournier for two second round picks. That's it. That is a steal by Danny Ainge. The Bulls traded Chandler Hutchison and Daniel Gofford to the Wizards for Mo Wagner and Troy Brown. Wagner was then sent to the Celtics for Daniel Tice. So Tice ends up on the Bulls. The Heat traded for Nemanja Bialica and sent Mo Harkless and Chris Silva to the Kings. Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. They are headed to Toronto in a deal for Norman Powell. A three-team trade between the Knicks, Sixers, and Thunder sends George Hill to Philadelphia, Terrence Ferguson to New York, Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second-round picks to the Thunder. The Thunder now have 34 picks, 17 first-round, 17 second-round, over the next seven years. That is absurd. The Raptors sent Matt Thomas to the Jazz for a second-round pick, and Terrence Davis to the Kings for a second-round pick as well. Rajan Rondo and two second-round picks are going to the Clippers for Lou Williams. Marquise Chris was traded to the Spurs, and I really don't know why, because he has a broken leg right now. Victor Oladipo is going to the Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a draft swap. We will talk about that later. Kyle Lowry stays in Toronto. Shams Charania of The Athletic reported that the Pelicans will send J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli to Dallas for James Johnson, Wesson Wundu, and a second-round pick. Charania also reported that Brad Wanamaker, Wanamaker, goodness, was traded to the Hornets. In total, on deadline day, there were 16 trades between 23 teams and 46 roster players removed. Most ever in each category on deadline day in the past 35 years since they started tracking trades on or trade deadline deals there are three specific deals i want to talk about first rajon rondo going to the clippers for lou williams and two second round picks lou will actually said he considered retirement after hearing about the trade but decided he still had a lot left in the tank so he won't retire this deal is exactly what the clippers needed literally only kyle lowry would have been better Rajon Rondo was the guy they needed to get at the position they needed. They needed a true point guard. Patrick Beverly is listed at point guard because he's 6'1". He's not a point guard. I couldn't even tell you what position he plays like because he's so unique. He's still going to start. I expect Rondo to come off the bench in a limited role in the regular season. That could change in the playoffs. Reggie Jackson is a good backup point guard. I don't think a high quantity of minutes would show us his best. I feel like he does better in a limited role. And it's possible that he slides to the two with Rondo off the bench, and they share playmaking duties. It's also poss- possible that he falls out of the rotation completely. We don't know. The Clippers had a lot. They have a lot of guys who play the point guard position, but they didn't necessarily have a point guard, though, if that makes sense, if you understand what I'm getting at. They didn't have the top tier playmaker, the leader, the veteran, the vocal leader. They didn't have a point guard with all those qualities that is respected enough to be listened to. Rajon Rondo brings championship experience. To this team. He won it with the Lakers last year, won it with the Celtics in 2008. And last year, he had some major playoff performances. Not just last year. I mean, Rondo is a playoff performer. Won't wow you in the regular season, but will do the necessary things to get you to the postseason. And once it's time for the playoffs, he levels up. Look at the stats last year. Regular season, he averages 7 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists per game. In the playoffs, he puts up performances like this. 21 points, 9 assists in Game 3 of the second round against the Rockets. 11, 10, and 8 after that. A near triple two assists away from a triple-double. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists in Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. 16 points, 10 assists in Game 2 of the Finals. And 19 points in Game 6 of the Finals. The game where the Lakers won it all. For his career... In the regular season, he averages 10 points, almost 5 rebounds, and 8 assists per game. In the playoffs, he averages 13, 6, and 9. They call him Playoff Rondo for a reason. He always plays at a different level in the playoffs. And on a team loaded with weapons already, the only piece missing was a true point guard who could set up the offense and be a vocal leader. That's what the Clippers were missing. We thought that they were going to get him in free agency. We thought they should have at least. They didn't want to pay them or they didn't want to pay Rondo as much as Atlanta did, however. So the Hawks paid him, he got his money and now they trade it for him. But his leadership and championship experience I think is what the Clippers were missing last year and this move I think puts them in position to get out of the West. I'm serious when I say this, even if the Lakers are fully healthy, which is a big if by the way. Even if the Lakers are fully healthy, I would still now put the Clippers ahead of them. As for Utah, Rudy Gobert put it perfectly. He said, we haven't accomplished anything yet. You can't blow a 3-1 lead in the first round in order for me to have confidence in you. I feel like they could be the team that dominates the regular season because they're hard to prepare for in one night. But over the course of a series, you might be able to start to figure these guys out. You know, maybe like the 2014-15 Hawks. But, I mean, at least the Jazz have a superstar. But I don't, think, I don't think they're going to get out of the West. The Suns are too young. Yes, Chris Paul's there. It's not enough. We've never seen Paul, as spectacular as he's been, get farther than the Western Conference Finals. If he didn't get injured, he may be a one-time champion, but that's besides the point. I think the Clippers are going to the Finals now, no matter what happens with AD and LeBron's health. Yes, Rajon Rondo is that much of a difference maker for this team. I like what he brings. I like what the Clippers already have, and that's why I like them to get out of the West come playoff time this season. Second trade I want to talk about, Aaron Gordon going to the Denver Nuggets in return for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. The Nuggets also added JaVale McGee, which was a position of need. This is another quality move for a team that was on the outside looking in as far as contending this year. I didn't like the fact that they lost Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee. Both are having really good years, career years, for the Detroit Pistons. Grant is a borderline all-star this year that no one knows about because he's playing on one of the worst teams in the NBA. That was losing those two was a huge shot to their depth. But now, adding Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee, they needed a backup center. Even though Jokic can handle a heavy load, as we will look at later, it's nice to have a three-time champion backing you up. McGee is a good finisher and shot blocker, provides the athleticism and rim protecting Jokic can't. Aaron Gordon provides a physical, versatile defense style. He can handle LeBron, like, he can handle the LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonards, the Devin Bookers of the West. Handle. I'm not saying he's the LeBron or Kawhi or Devin Booker stopper, but he can at least guard them, keep up with them physically. Michael Porter Jr. is not a good defender. Barton isn't big enough. Millsap is too slow. Gary Harris was their best perimeter defender, and they traded him in this deal, so Gordon is going to have to step up, and I think he's capable of that. Will he stop LeBron or Kawhi or even contain them? Probably not, but he can at least provide a physicality on defense that no one else on the Nuggets can at that position, and it's huge for them. I'm still not completely confident in their depth, though. If their starters are what looks like it could be Murray, Barton, Gordon, Porter, and Jokic, because they like Porter at the four, and it's hard to see Gordon coming off the bench, I think Millsap will end up there. Their bench looks like Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier, and then they have a cluster of big men, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, and JaVale McGee. They do not have a backup wing. Besides PJ Dozier, he's kind of a, he's kind of a wing, but he also runs the offense a bit. That's a problem. No wing depth is huge, and that's why I would still have the Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz ahead of them in the playoffs. So good move, but they're still missing a key piece in their depth or depth depth. All right, last trade I want to talk about: Victor Oladipo to the Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and get a draft swap for the Heat. They're about to become loaded. It looks like they're going to de- uh, they're going to sign Lamarcus Aldridge as well. He has agreed to a buyout with the Spurs as did Andre Drummond with the Cavs. But the Heat's starting lineup looks like this now when healthy. Kendrick Nunn, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge and Bam Adebayo. That's loaded. But not loaded enough to beat the Nets. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're just not you're not beating a healthy Katie, Kyrie Harden, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. I think they move past the Bucks in terms of postseason ability with this lineup. Not Philly or Brooklyn, though, if they're fully healthy. As for the Rockets, the mess continues to get worse. They could have had Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was being offered to them in trade packages for James Harden. They could have had Ben Simmons. He is an all-star. He is going to be a future superstar in this league. Nightly triple-double threat. I don't care that he can't shoot. He is so talented. It really doesn't matter. They could have had. In fact, they did have Karis LeVert. For like two minutes. And then they're like, no. We want this guy coming off a quad injury. Oladipo. Who hasn't been the same since. We don't believe in the young player who's showing promise. We're going to take Oladipo. So they had Lavert traded for Oladipo, and in return for Oladipo, because he only played 20 games with them. They got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a draft swap for Oladipo. Who even cares about the draft swap at this point? In total, here's what the Rockets got for James Harden. Four first-round picks, five first-round pick swaps, 20 games with Victor Oladipo, where they went 4-16. and 16. They lost 16 of the 20 games they had with Oladipo, Dante Exum, Avery Bradley, and Kelly Olynyk. Picks the, the picks are going to be they're, they're they're worthless at this point. At this point, I mean, in the future they have what, nine, potentially nine first round picks in the first seven in the next 7 years. Who cares? That's that that's too long. 7 years is too long to figure out if it actually works or not. The only thing I'm excited about is this year's first round pick. As shocked as I was with the Timberwolves' 22 to nothing run to end the game against the Rockets last night, the Rockets were up 16 with seven and a half minutes left, and they didn't score a point the rest of the game. Timberwolves went on a 22 to nothing run. The worst team in the NBA went on a 22 to nothing run against the Rockets and came back in one by six, 107 to 101. It was embarrassing. But at the same time, I really didn't care. They might as well just keep losing. If they keep losing, they can get a good top five pick, as long as the lottery doesn't screw them over with the new odds that are supposed to prevent tanking and whatnot. But the Rockets try. The Rockets traded the best player in the NBA right now. We will discuss that argument in a minute. They traded James Harden, basically, for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. That's pathetic. This is what happens when Daryl Morey is not the GM. Bad things happen. Bad trades happen. And your franchise gets screwed over. The only hope, the only hope we have right now is Christian Wood. John Wall's going to decline over the next few seasons. His, his prime is over. Yeah, it's nice to have him right now, but he's not doing anything to help the franchise win. So you might as well get rid of him too. The Rockets are arguably the worst franchise in the NBA right now. At least they look like it. They certainly look like the dumbest. It's just ridiculous the downfall that has occurred. Since the end of last season, I need to take a break. And when we come back, I'll give you my new MVP ladder. Welcome back to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf. I have calmed down a little bit. And now it is time for me to share my, I believe it's my second MVP ladder of the season. A little note before I before I give my top three. Durant, LeBron, and Embiid are not on this list because they're injured. And honestly, I'm only doing top three today because those three candidates are injured and off the list. And no one else is close. No one else is on the level these guys are. You could argue Giannis at four. But number three, Damian Lillard. Still doing his thing. Clutching up at the big moments, got fouled on a three with one second left in Thursday night's game against the Heat, made all three free throws. Blazers win. Lillard finishes with just 22 points and nine assists, but it was more of CJ McCollum's night. 35 points, 21 in the first quarter. Lillard is averaging 30 and seven a night. He's got Portland in the sixth spot in the West. They will likely climb the standings as the Lakers fall without LeBron and AD. But Damian Lillard is still that dude. He's the most feared player in the league, especially when it gets to the fourth quarter. No matter what the score is, if he's down by 10, he'll do everything he can about a comeback. If he's up by 10, he'll put the game away early. If it's close, he'll hit big, timely shots, go out and win the game. He is special. He really is. And he's number three on my modified MVP letter. Number two, and this may surprise some people, Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets have come back from their average start to the season. They're 26 and 18, right ahead of the Blazers at fifth in the West. And the Joker is the main reason why. Still averaging 27, 11, and eight. 12 triple doubles this season. Statistically, he's on another level than Dame Lillard. Lillard's main contributions come in the clutch, and that's why he's up on this list. And that's not to say Jokic hasn't been clutch. He's averaging 4.6 per game in in the clutch compared to Lillard's 5.1. But Dame is just known for that, Jokic not as well. We know Jokic for his passing ability, his all-around dominance. He's leading the Nuggets in points. Rebounds, assists, steals, field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage, free throw percentage, minutes, PER, and assist percentage. That is what you call a player carrying a team. Because let's face it, Jamal Murray hasn't been what we thought he would be coming out of the bubble. He's quietly averaging 21 a game, but I think some, including myself, had higher expectations for him. I thought he was going to be an all-star this year, and he just hasn't been. He's been relatively close if you look at his points per game it's not like he's a scrub or anything he can play just not at the all-star level I thought you know he could after the show he put on in the bubble but anyway Jokic is leveling up his game he's scoring is at an all-time career high and he's about an assist and a half away per game from averaging a triple-double as a center as a center that's incredibly impressive Nikola Jokic number two on my list and number one Let's talk about James Harden. And before I get started, I don't care. I don't care that he got traded a few weeks into the season. They should not take that from him. They should not let that affect the MVP voting. He came 13 games into the Nets' schedule. He only missed 18%, less than one-fifth of their schedule. He should be eligible to win the award. Don't take this from him. He's playing better than anyone on the planet right now. He's playing like the best player in basketball right now. In Kevin Durant's absence, and even without Durant, you started, or even with Durant, I should say, sorry. You, you started to see it. James Harden has played the best basketball of anyone. Certainly the best basketball, overall basketball of his career. 26 points per game, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. And while the scoring isn't as high as it was in Houston, it doesn't have to be because his passing is at a level... That is above everyone else in the league. He leads the league in total assists and assists per game, and it's not really close. Like, if he doesn't get injured, he's got those statistic leads on lock. But his playmaking is on full display right now. We knew he could do it. We saw hints of it in Houston, but he was asked to do so much scoring. He was asked to carry so much of the scoring load for that team. That his focus wasn't playmaking. That's why he averaged 30, 36, and 34 in back-to-back-to-back seasons. His prolific scoring ability, that's what was on full display in Houston. Now in Brooklyn, with the plethora of weapons that he has, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant went healthy. All those guys, we are seeing his playmaking ability in full. And it is beautiful. Multiple 15-plus assist games. Just recently had 17 against the Blazers for the second time this season against the Blazers. And he's still putting up 25, 26 game. I think it's like 25.8. People don't realize. We look at those numbers and say, oh, those are those aren't that those aren't great numbers. By James Harden's standards, this man's scoring standards we have set so incredibly high. We forget that putting up 25 points per game in the NBA is an incredibly difficult thing to do. He's averaging more points than Anthony Davis, Paul George. Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, who people who have been really impressed with his development this season. Russell Westbrook, Julius Randle, who people are talking about because he's leading the Knicks to a top five spot in the East. Those are all NBA scorers, and he's outscoring all of them, all while dishing out 11 assists per game. It took him 27 games with the team to break their all-time single-season record for most games with 30 points and 10 assists. And he's averaging 38.5 minutes per game since being traded. Leads the league, career high. He's got the heaviest load of any of the big three. He's doing more than KD and Kyrie by far at this point in the season. It's unbelievable. And they're winning. It's not a superstar trio experiment that's blowing up because of chemistry reasons. The Nets are 23-7 when James Harden plays. He's only missed like two games, I think. They were 7-6 when he came. Harden clearly has affected winning there. And again, I take back every part of what I said about how Harden should give Wall a chance. I was completely wrong. He is proving that Brooklyn was the best option for him. He knew what was best for, he knew what was best for him. That's where he wanted to go and since he got there, he's been the best player in the NBA. Better than Joel Embiid when healthy. Better than LeBron. Better than Jokic, Lillard, his teammate Durant, he's outperformed everyone. And we are seeing the best version of James Harden ever. It's incredibly impressive. The things he's done since he got traded to Brooklyn, every time he gets traded, he levels up. He went from six-man to all-time scorer and MVP in Houston. And now, this, from Houston to Brooklyn. James Harden is the best player in basketball right now. And he could very well be on his way to his first ever NBA title. So James Harden, number one on my MVP list right now. Let's see what Joel Embiid has to say about that when he gets back. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1994, Magic Johnson... Returned to the Lakers as head coach and led them to a 110 101 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. Johnson coached the Lakers for the last 16 games of the 1993 1994 season, posting a not so great 5 11 record, but still. Happy birthday to Matt Steginga. And if you haven't heard his story or you've never heard of his, that name, well, let me tell you about him. After four years at Michigan State, he was drafted by the Bulls in the second round of the 1992 draft, never suited up for Chicago, played overseas and in the CBA, eventually was cut by the Bulls in 1996. Until one day, about a year later in 1997, Bulls GM Jerry Krause called him saying, quote, how about instead of coming to the game, you play in it. So the next day, Stegen gets suited up and played a game in Detroit against the Pistons. He scored one point obviously from the free throw line. And you know, he thought that was cool enough. He played an NBA game. He scored. Most of his family was there because he's from the state of Michigan. He thought it couldn't get any better until it did the next day. In fact, when he caught a one handed alley oop on a fast break for his only NBA field goal, staying himself said, quote, the dunk I had, the place literally exploded. It was a really neat moment for me. And while that was the last game he ever played for Chicago, he stayed on the practice squad for the rest of the year and was even rewarded with a championship ring. After Chicago beat John Stockton and Karl Malone in the Utah Jazz, Michael Jordan said to Steginga, quote, You deserve to be a part of the team during the playoffs. To me, that justifies getting a ring. And Steginga finished his career with more rings than Stockton and Malone combined. We will be back soon with another podcast.